Hi, if you're a friend of Nonprofit Lowdown, you might be interested in my weekly free newsletter where I send out weekly inspiration for fundraising, notices about any upcoming events that I'm doing, and a cute dog picture. So check it out at riawong.com, R-H-E-A-W-O-N-G.com. Welcome to Nonprofit Lowdown. I'm your host, Ria Wong. Hey, podcast listeners, Ria Wong with you once again with Nonprofit Lowdown. Today, I have my friend and guest, Marissa Nielsen. It's a little bit outside our normal nonprofit wheelhouse, but what she has to say about money is what you need to know. So I hope you listen up. Marissa is a the founder and CEO of Freedom Financial Group. She's also a money and business strategist and a podcaster, and she just knows all the things about the money. So Marissa, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. In the house, we're going to talk about money today. We're going to talk about money. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's so funny, Marissa. People have so many feelings about money. They get so emo about money. I love talking about money. I love money. I love talking about money. I love making money. Anyway, before we jump into that, tell us a little bit about your personal story because I find it so inspiring. You and I met at Mike Kim's conference, so I'd been following you for a while. So this is just, I've heard the story, but for listeners who don't know you yet, tell us a little bit about Marissa Nielsen, the journey. (laughs) You bet. Well, it's like the little orphan Annie rags to riches deal. I grew up, I was a North Dakota farm kid. So people see me today in different venues and events and they go, what do you about my life? (laughs) I'm like, let's have a chat. Let's have a little chat because I don't look like where I come from. And most of us, most of us don't look like what we've been through. So when I was a young girl, I grew up on a farm in North Dakota, in freezing cold North Dakota. So depending on where you're listening from, all of you Northerners, you get it. You got to wear a coat from like October to March. And we were in an abusive household when we grew up. And my mom took us out in the middle of the night and eight kids herself. We moved into a two bedroom trailer house in Minot, North Dakota, but it was safe. It was clean. It did have did not have heat. So that that's challenging when you live in 20, 30 below weather in the winter. This is really where it all started for me. We were around a kerosene lantern, kerosene heater, and my mom made everything fun. She put us in sleeping bags and we were going to have a sleep out in campfire in our living room. Now, the reason we were having a campfire in our living room is because she couldn't actually afford to heat the whole trailer and we only had one kerosene heater. So by the grace of God, I'm actually here today. Thanks for saving me. And we we had nailed blankets and uh, towels to the doors and the windows to keep the cold out and the heat in. And we were we had been given this old black and white, just with the old bunny rabbit ears TV. Some of you are probably way too young to remember that. And we were watching one of those Save the Children specials. They have it on it like right before everything goes white and there's white noise. And this is before TV ran 24 hours a day. And I looked up at my mom and I said, Mom. We're like those poor people you see on TV, aren't we? And I said, but we're not just poor. We're like really poor because those people have food and they have heat and they have like, right? So she said, yeah, Marissa, we are. We are poor, but you can choose to be a victim or you can be victorious. And she said it to me one time, you can choose to be a victim or you can be victorious. And she asked the question. Sometimes we have to sit in the right question in order to change our behavior, change our situation. And she asked the, the perfect question that has guided, literally guided me my entire life. And she said, what will you choose? Hmm. What will you choose? Will you choose to be a victim or will you choose to be victorious? And from that moment on, like, boom, 
it ignited something into me. Well, wait a minute, this can be a choice. Where I sit is a choice. This isn't just, we're just not born into it and we have to stay in it and we have to live with it. And yeah, it's a choice. So it began to create an awareness in me that poverty, even poverty is a choice. And now, even today, I drive through that trailer court we grew up in. I can roll down the windows and I, right, rolling down the windows. I can smell it. I can smell the poverty and I can smell what it feels like and what it looks like to be poor. But in that moment, my mom gave me a great gift. So for all of you who are leaders and parents and influencers to kids or to people around you, you can speak it out, something awesome, or you can speak out death, right? Death over their dreams and death over their life. So that was my money journey start. From there, I got my hands on many different resources. I went to the public library. They they still have those things back then, public libraries. You get a library card. <laughs> and and I, I started reading books by Zig Ziglar. And he said, if you help enough people get what they want, you can have your heart's desire. And I went, what? <laughs> you mean I could I could live any way I really wanted? Like, really? And and I, I started just reading that and feeding my mind with it. And I didn't even know what I was doing. Didn't even know where I was at. And then at 17, I went looking for love in all the wrong places. Got unmarried, pregnant, and Baptist. <laughs> this is not a good combination for, for people of faith. If you grew up in like a church or something like that, this is frowned upon stuff. But my my baby girl became a driving force for me. I was 18 years old, brand new baby in my arms, did not have a clue about what I was doing, living two doors down in the trailer court from my mama. And just if I wanted a different life for her, I was going to have to change my life right now. And I was going to have to do what other people were not doing around me. And I needed to find out what that was. And that started a journey with looking at my baby and saying, okay, Lexi, you're going to have a better life than than this. You're not going to live. We're not going to live two doors down from my mom in that trailer court for the rest of your life. So yeah, that started the money journey. So wherever you come from, I just ask you the question, the same question my mom asked me, will you be a victim or will you be victorious? What will you choose? What will you choose? And Marissa, I'm, I'm going to ask this question because we have lots of folks on that talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I might Devil's advocate say, well, okay, Marissa, but you're a white woman in America. Mm -hmm. Isn't it easier for you than a person of color when we look at all of these policies that have kept wealth out of the hands of folks of color? What might you respond to that? Yeah, I think it's an interesting, I think it's an interesting perception of, because I've never been a person of color, right? I don't know the journey that you're on. All I can speak from is the journey that I'm on today. But I believe that there are examples all around you you just need to look, right? And one of the things that we, I heard many years ago, we find what we seek. So you can find a million reasons to continue to be poor, or you can find a million reasons to continue your journey to a rich life. So when I look at people like Oprah Winfrey, who is clearly female, clearly person of color, clearly what the like the most successful female in the world, I would say, okay, there's a real example there. And if if one person can do it, then why not you? If one person can, is, is she really just a unicorn? I don't think so. I don't think she's a unicorn. I don't think, and again, I grew up poor and white, which is different than black or Asian or you know, Hispanic and the different backgrounds. So I don't know what it's like to grow up in an inner city, but I do know what it's like to grow up without food. 
and I do know what it's like to go to the cupboard and have nothing there. And I do know what it's like to hear your mom being beaten in the next room and your brothers and sisters and be afraid to sleep and sleep with your shoes on. I do know what that's like. So our current conditions and circumstances, here's the question I would ask you on that, is what is your perspective today that life happened to you or that life happens for you? Because I coach people of many different backgrounds, many different races today. And that's always the question I ask because I believe it's a universal question, no matter where we come from. Actually, I would recommend that people go back and listen to Dr. Eugene Choi's podcast with me, Eugene. Yeah. And talk about Dr. executive Choi, awesome. and survival mindset. So mm -hmm. that is key. So let's let's jump into money. Why is it, Marissa, that people have such strong emotions about money? Either either positive or negative, right? I think we have a lot of a lot of feelings about money. Absolutely. This is a hot topic, right? No matter where you go, and there are some people that I would say there's many reasons for why this is so such an emotional subject, right? You either it's the it's the world of the have and the haves nots. You may have grown up in a family where they didn't talk about it, or you may have grown up in a family where that's all they talked about. Then there's different types of levels of awareness based on where we come from. So there are things that have been ingrained in you from the time that you were born, from the very setting and environment that you grew up in today. I would share with you that there's a real starting point to wherever you're at on your money journey. And I would, I would challenge you to go back and find out when your starting point was and question, why do I believe this? Like, for example, money is bad. Or if you have money, you did something bad to get it. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Or if you're in, a, or if you're in service, you can never be rich. Have you ever said that? Have you ever heard that? Have you ever been around people that say, oh, that person, I can't believe, I can't believe that that person has a plane. I literally right. was just, I was in Houston this last week and, and I literally heard it as I was sitting around talking with a group of people and, and they were, they were talking about a, a famous person and they said, man, so I don't, I don't know how they're even going to get people to take that, like how they just get into their pocketbooks. And I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? So I've, there's an awareness question that you ask, where does that come from? And Eric said, why do you believe what you believe? Let's really look into that. And then the next question for that is, once you've researched that, why do you believe that? Where did it come from? Do you still believe it? Do you still believe it? Now, what's the opposite to that? So for example, if your money belief, and there's so many behaviors that are associated with this too, if your money belief was, I am defined by how much I have or don't have, then we have this level of unhappiness. Tony Robbins talks about it a bunch where he talks about the space between where you're at and where you want to be. And if you're not there, you're unhappy, right? There's an unhappiness there because you think if you've ever said, I should be farther along, I should be better at this, that came from somewhere. Farther along and compared to what? Like, what, what are you comparing that to? So people get it from all over. You get it from your grandparents. My grandparents grew up in the, they were immigrants, came to the United States, farmers, came to North Dakota, started on a century farm. And when you look at from an immigrant standpoint, like they came in and they were low men on the totem pole, right? And, and so part of that is they just never had enough. And so when they looked around at the 
other farmers, they were the rich farmers. So clearly they had to be messing somebody over to get that, right? Clearly you had to be doing something bad. But the question is, where did that come from from them? It came from a, a lack of insecurity about where their next meal would come from. It came from a place of scarcity mindset that there wasn't enough for all of us to go around, right? So they had to get their share. Mm-hmm. And, and I grew up with that. So I had to change that thinking. And there's really some steps in changing that thinking. And, and part of it is just starts with the question, why do you believe what you believe? Yeah, let's yeah. delve into that because I actually do a lot of that in my own teaching because I teach people how to fundraise. And so much, if you're not talk, comfortable talking about money, it's going to be very hard to be a fundraiser, right? Absolutely. And I think the scarcity mindset makes fundraisers treat people transactionally, right? We, mm. we say things like, we're going to hit people up or we're going to twist some arms. It's like, okay, stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That's not what this business is. It's a relationship business, right? Yeah. But if you're in the scarcity mindset, you don't actually see people as whole people. You only see them as a walking checkbooks. Yeah. So my question to you is, how did you deprogram yourself? Because I, I've spent many years trying to deprogram myself from my money story that I inherited from my family. Yeah. Well, first I would share with you a deprogramming. There's still an innate program inside of you that never goes away. I still have that story. And when I get under pressure, when I have to make real, real big decisions, <laughs> or if you want to go to my, you, you can go to any of my houses anywhere. Every house every is fully stocked. So whether it's my house in Florida, my house in North Dakota, my house in Costa Rica, all of them, if you go to the pantry, the pantry is fully stocked. So I have, it's an awareness level for me to say, well, why am I doing that? Well, that still comes from scarcity because when I grew up, I didn't have enough food. And I remember having to give food to the little kids there. I was one of eight kids and I was one of the older ones. And I, it was the difference between me or my little brother and sister eating. So of course I would give them my share that day because they, I'm going to share with my kids. They're babies. They're little. So that scarcity side for me and food is a real issue, but it's, it's also with money. So when you think about this twisting arms or we're going to, we're going to hit them up, we're going to do that conversation. I'd ask you the first question is what story are you telling yourself about them? Are you telling the story that they're better than you, that they're smarter than you, that they're bad people, that you got to get your fair share are you telling that story? What, what questions are you asking before you see them? Or are you asking the questions that come from, how can I add value? How can I give this person an opportunity for purpose to come alongside us in our mission with purpose? And oh, if they resonate, so they resonate with that purpose, how can I give them the opportunity to resonate with this, they resonate with it, our mission. And then how do I give them the opportunity to come alongside us and really create legacy, really create powerful impact with their profit, with their purpose-driven profit pocketbook, right? How do they do that? Because each one of us have a level of resources around us and, and the resources are our planning minds, there are people, there are, are resources from funds, right? Funds available, profit, company profits, things like that. So I'd, I'd ask the first question when you start fundraising in that space of asking the question to join you in your mission, whatever that mission is today, is why is this important? Mm. And why is it important to them? 
Because if you look at them simply as a transactional checkbook, I will tell you um, the difference. I had, I'll, I'll give you an example. One of the organizations that I support every year, and I have a foundation myself, so this is something I, I spend time in, right? And invest my time in. One of the organizations, my little brother was a drug addict. And in and out, in and out, in and out. I've got a sister, same thing. We grew up in this abusive household. They turned to drugs. I turned to like self-help books. <laughs> so we just, I could have been in the same shoes that they're in right now. It was just a different, I was sat in a question of what's my choice here. And, and with them, there, now there's an organization that literally saved my brother's life. And I, I, I resonated now. I've never had a drug problem or an alcohol problem. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. But he did. And they, they saved him. I saw him years and years and years of suffering. And their mission is so impactful to my life that I connected with the story. And every year, I make a gift. Every year, there's a gift. You can count on me no matter what. No matter what, you can count on me. During COVID, I'm making gifts. During after COVID, before COVID, right? We're, we're making gifts. So why is that? Because they connected with the story. And I sat down with the director one day and I said, hey, we need to connect people with your story here. Because all of us, there's no, I don't know anybody on the planet today that doesn't know somebody that has had a drug or alcohol problem. It is an epidemic in this world because people are looking for love in all the wrong places, right? And so connection is, is the key. Yeah. I, connection, relationship, and story. And the way that we yeah. get there is like through story. So, Rosa, you can come and teach one of my fun words in classes. You and I are on the <laughs> same page here. Let's, let's switch tacks a little bit because I want to talk about individuals, right? So mm -hmm. one of your catchphrases is the world needs you rich, which I yeah. love. And I think in the nonprofit sector with relatively low salaries, people have this belief that they can either be impactful and purposeful and work in the nonprofit sector, or they can be rich, but they can't be both. Walk us through how, how can we be both? Yeah. So the first question I want you to write down, if you're listening to this, pause the podcast, the webinar, whatever you're doing in this moment, get your pen and write down this question because it is the easiest question and it's the hardest to answer. How come I believe that? How come you believe that? Who sold you that story? Who sold it to you? Because you bought it. You bought into that line of thinking. You bought into it. Now, I believe the world needs you rich because the more that can flow into can throw can flow through you. And that's emotionally, relationally, spiritually, physically, and financially. It's not just money. It's all connected. So if we come from abundance in one area and not the other, then I'd ask the question, how come? How come you feel like you can be abundantly spiritual and be connected to your maker or whatever it is that your belief system is, and you can't over here? How come, how come you believe you can't tap into those resources? Whether you call it God or the universe or whatever, or, or just humankind, just humankind. Like, how, how come you believe that? That's my first question for you. Now, once you ask that question, sit in it for a while. Start thinking back. When did I start first hearing that? Who, who were my mentors? Who were the people I was listening to? Who was I watching? Who was I believing? Because I don't take advice from broke, unhappy people, ever. I do not take advice from broke, unhappy people. 
right? I want to know, where are you at in these five? Emotional, relational, spiritual, physical, financial. When I, when I see a lady look in the mirror and she goes, oh, I just look terrible today. I got these big old bags under my eyes and I look bad. I just look, and I'm like, ooh, girl, you're with yourself all day and you're speaking to yourself like that. Oh man, if that was your best friend, you would, you, you would slap someone for talking to your best friend like that. Would you not? If someone came up to you in the ladies oh, room and said, you would slap them. You'd be like, hey, s- step away, right? <laughs> but we do it to ourselves all day long. We do it with money. We do it with resources. We do it with people. We do it with our health. We do it with the very, very thought that we have when we look in the mirror. So this, this first starts with your mindset. And the world needs you rich because you have something inside of you that you were given a mission for. You were given a vision for. You were given a purpose for. You were given a heart for. You were given this moment and you said, that's when I'm alive. That's when I know. That's my thing, right? And so in that moment, when you agree with poverty, which is exactly what you just did, you agreed with poverty. I can't be both. I can either be rich or, or I can be impactful, right? Mother Teresa may not have had a huge dollar amount in her, in her actual coffers, but she could call upon anyone. There is, there is a hundred, maybe thousands, right, of organizations that would have sent her anything at any time that she needed for, for any amount, right? And when I look at that for you and your vision, if she could, why not you? Now, I'm going to take it one step further because I also believe, and I, and I there, there are many, many, many stories of this around the world, but I believe when my mindset changed in this area was it was so impactful for me to help more people. I knew that, that I, I, there was an absolute need for more resources to be released through me so that those missions could go forward. So when you look at your personal wealth and your finance and you tell me, hey, I can't afford to go to this conference or I can't afford to get around the right people. I can't when I say the right people, people that will teach you, people that will grow you, people that will challenge you, people that will introduce you, people that will utilize their resources, talents and gifts to help you. You got to get in the right room. How are you going to get in the right room? If you're if you're sitting in Iowa or you're sitting in North Dakota, how the heck was I going to get in the right room? Well, that takes some resources because if I'm going to go to a conference and it's going to cost me 5,000 bucks for a plane ticket and for this, for the conference registration and to eat. And people say, well, that's $5,000 that can go towards the mission. Yes, it is. But if I grow you and you now can 10X that number or 100X that number with what you learned in that three-day, five-day event, do that for your bottom bottom line math, right? So the world needs you rich. The world needs you rich because you have a vision, you have a a purpose, you have a vision, you have this thing inside of you. So the question is, what are you willing to do to grow into the rich version of you so that more can just absolutely pour out in and through to others? You you cannot outgive me. You cannot outgive me today. Marissa, I'm loving what you're saying, and and I just want to unpack a couple of things. So number one, I love that you're defining rich as more than just what's in your bank account, right? It's yeah. spiritual, it's physical, it's it's emotional, and it's financial. 
And I also love the concept of investing in yourself because I think when we're so deep in scarcity, we don't think about the strategic deployment of resources to increase the pie, right? Actually, mm -hmm. Dr. Choi talked about this, which is when you're in poverty, your plan to get rich is to win the lottery. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard that. I've heard that so many times, right? That's huge. And that's because they don't have a system, they don't have any structure, and they don't have a strategy. Those three things you must have. If you want to get out, if you want to get from where you are to where you want to be, you got to have three things. You have to have a system, you have to have a structure, and you got to have a strategy so that you can deploy the resources in the most impactful way. All right. Let's talk about your system because I know the core four is one of the things that is core to your business. Talk us through the core four and how that might relate to nonprofit organizations. So there's, there's a couple of different things that I teach. One of the first things that I would teach you, and this is the area of personal finance and business finance, personal finance and business finance. So this is universal. These are what I call kind of universal laws of understanding where you're at. The first one is tax, legal, risk, and wealth. Okay. Those four things, when it comes to the core four of personal and business finance, tax, legal, risk, and wealth must always be assessed. They, you gotta have a team together. It's like walking into an operating room and expecting to do your own brain surgery because you watched a YouTube video, right? And, and so where I want to go, if I need, if I, if I have a problem with my ticker today and, and I need to have heart surgery, I want to walk into an operating room where I've got a cardiologist, a backup cardiologist, surgeon, I've got an anesthesiologist. I've got, I got everybody in the room that needs to make sure I'm gonna walk off the table with the results I want, right? Cause this is about getting the results you want in your world. Yes. So as we're talking about getting the results you want in your world, you have to really assess where am I at with tax, legal risk and wealth. Now, when we talk about nonprofits, you go, well, we don't pay tax. You don't, but do your clients. Now, when you talk about being in the nonprofit world, do you pay tax as an employee? Do you pay income tax? Well, yeah, you do. The nonprofit doesn't, but you do. So understanding how to get those benefits and get the tax system working for you is really important. I teach a whole tax class on just this. Then, then it's legal. How am I structured? How am I structured properly? Do I understand what it looks like for me and for my family? Just on a personal standpoint here today, if you got people that you love, you got a mate or children today, a mom, a dad, a sister, a brother, whoever it is that the people in your life that you love, at the end of the day, if something were to happen to you, you get sick or hurt, you don't want them to have to have to spend thousands of dollars to try to get an emergency order to go before a judge to get the right to be able to do your medical records for you and to be able to make your medical decisions for you, right? So just basic things that you can get even done for free today in the area of legal estate planning, basic areas that you can get in place for setting up the nonprofit correctly and your personal finance correctly. And then there's risk. What things do I have at risk if I get sick or hurt, if I prematurely die? What happens to these people? What happens to those things? And then wealth, wealth build, right? Wealth build is the next one. It starts with your cash emergency fund, and then it goes on to other things from there, building into your legacy plan. Everything literally just switched. Everything switched for me. When I began to not think of my resources as my resources anymore, and I began to think of my resources as the thing that I was stewarding for my family, the team, and the legacy, the mission. When I began to look at myself as a steward of that, what's a steward, a manager of that? 
that this person is going to report back to someone and say, did I do the best I could with what I have today? This this process of thinking on this way, this takes time, by the way. Okay, this is <laughs> this is years of development. So give yourself a breath. Okay, everybody take a deep breath with me. Okay, I'm blowing stuff at you 100 miles an hour. You're like, oh my God, this lady. But here's the thing. It, it, this just, just start with this. What do I have for resources in tax? What do I have for resources in legal? What do I have for resources here? And you start with assessing where am I at? What are my resources? What do I want? What do I want it to look like? So I'm here right now and I need to be here. I see so many, one of my best friends started a nonprofit just recently. She called it the closet. It's where they have a, a closet in the school systems around here. And they, kids that don't have things, even things like, you know, deodorant, kids can be real cruel and deodorant and toothbrushes and toothpaste and just the basic necessities. These kids, these kids come in and for them to have something new, for them to have a new coat or for them to have a new shirt, something with a tag on it, it makes an entirely different feeling. And I, I, I know this because I never had anything new until I was an adult. I had hand-me-downs. I had rummage sale clothes, garage sale clothes. I had stuff from the, you know, the, well, Salvation Army. That's where we shopped. We shopped at the Salvation Army. And that's where I got my winter jackets from when I was, when I was a kid and, and a teenager. So it's something different. There's a mindset change. Now there is, there's also for you thinking about your family business as a family business, your home, every family, every one of you listening today has a family business. Whether you own that business or not, you have a, you have a personal financial plan that you have to go through. And, and, and this is part of the resources really understanding what do I have? So when you look at your personal finances today, are you running your household like a family business? Are you running it like a resource manager? Are you looking at how do I deploy these resources here or there? Are you looking at how do we bring more into that household? Every company exists to produce profit. Every company exists to bring dollars in. Now, when you're talking about this from a resource management, there are four keys to your company. There are four particular departments every nonprofit and every for-profit business has. Are you ready? Here they are. Marketing, all that is is lead generation, right? Getting your mission out there and having people come alongside you. Sales, that, that sales process is really understanding where am I sitting at from a sales standpoint that gives you the opportunity to convert them into come to the come to the fountain. Let's all drink the, from the well together, right? The third area is operations, right? That's how we get it all done. And then the fourth is finance and legal. So those are the four departments in your business. They're the four departments in your nonprofit. And when you're talking about personal finance and deploying the core four, tax, legal, risk, and wealth must be assessed. And they gotta be assessed at least a couple times a year once you've got a plan in place, because there's a space here right? What's the space? You've got hopes and dreams over here. You've got those hopes and dreams fulfilled coming to fruition over here. It's the plan in the middle. The plan in the middle consists of questions for all four of those areas. And it's why, what, who, how, and when. You want to write down the most powerful questions that will literally, this has helped me build seven multi-million dollar businesses. This has helped me build my own nonprofit. This has helped me buy a mountain in Costa Rica and then buy a second mountain in Costa Rica and my dream house and 
provide for all the people that I love and the organizations that I love? These five questions, why? Why must we do it? What needs to be done? Who, who can help me? Who do I know? So again, if you're, if you're taking notes, this one's big, take these five, because this is the stuff I coach on every day as a, as a business and money strategist. Why, what, who, then how, because your who's going to help you with the how, how do we do this? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's go find more who's who, who knows how to do this, right? How to do fundraising, right? How to speak to people, how to create the story that, that brings them alongside your mission. And then when, when are you going to take action? Put it on the calendar, put it on the thing, because you got to do something different to get something different. Yes. Yeah. So good. This is so good. So the other thing I just wanted to chime in here is it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep, right? Oh, yeah. I was just reading The Psychology of Money by Morgan Hussle, which I thought was great. And he talks about this little school janitor who nobody thought made anything. And he ended up passing away and had $6 million mm-hmm. socked away that he was able to give to charity compared with so a hedge fund manager who made millions and millions and millions and spent millions and millions and millions and ended up dying broke, right? So yeah, it's like, yeah, it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. I see this happen with, with wealthy, high net worth earn, or high earning individuals. Often they may be top of their trade and they're a cardiologist or there's something in that field uh, and they're making really, really substantial income levels every year. But it's the keep up with the Joneses. If, if you heard that term before, the keep up with the Joneses, you got to keep up with your neighbor. My neighbor got a new car. I got to get a new car. I got to move into a bigger neighborhood. I got to do this. I got to do that. It isn't really about the stuff. I, I can tell you, I've walked on the beach alone. And, and I've, I've walked through life in that place. When my fiance died of cancer back in 2016, I would have written any check. I would have given any amount of money. I would have, you could have cleaned everything out of everywhere and sold it all. I would have given you everything I had to, to save him, to, to cure him, to, to take that cancer from him. And, and there are some things in life money cannot buy, right? But there are some things in life that money can make a big difference for. And let me give you an example of this because I was already financially free. I was able to take, I literally got on a plane. We found out he had cancer the next morning. We were airlifted and we were airlifted eight hours away from our hometown. And I spent the next three months sleeping in a hospital chair next to him because I could. Now, when you look at the people that you love around you, look at your mom, look at your dad, look at your kids, look at your mate, look at the people you love and say, look at, look at your best friend who you call your 3 a.m., your 2 a.m. You look at that person, you say, I will love you enough to do what I need to do to be financially in a place where I can be with you when you need me. Because had I not had those resources, I would have had to come home and work and he would have been alone in a hospital by himself. He was an, he was an ex-army ranger who had really no family. He was left in a sandbox by his mom when he was five years old. She was a drug addict. And the only family he knew was the army. And so when you look at the situation that he was in and, and until we met, he was alone. Well, what would he have done? Ask, ask yourself, 
Like, what am I doing right now today to make sure that I can make a decision today with my money that gives me options on how to care for and love the people around you? You were not meant to be broke. You were not meant to be emotionally broke. You were not meant to be spiritually broke. You were not meant to be physically broke. You were not meant to be financially broke. You were not meant to be broke. And somebody sold you a story on that. And, and I see it happen all the, all the time in the fundraising world. Well, if I just pour that money back into more, more options or products or things or more soup for the kitchen, right? More soup for the kitchen. That's great. But if I invested that dollar into something that could 10x the soup in the kitchen, where's the best deployment of that resource today? And that's why you need the who's in your life. You need the who's because you yeah. need to partner up with people who understand how to do what you need to do to get that mission. Because if it's so impactful for you and for your family and for your purpose, someone sold you a lie if you die broke. Someone sold you a lie. All right. This is so good. Let's talk about wealth building, right? Because okay. I, I, I think investing in the thing that can grow your money resonates so much, whether it's investing in fundraising training hello, <laughs> or yeah. Yeah, the ability to learn how to fundraise or to invest. What can folks do right now to start thinking about how to build their personal wealth? Okay. So the first thing that I would share with you, we, you got to do, and this is in any situation. So my, my late fiance, he passed, as I mentioned in 2016, he was an ex Arby Ranger and every room that we went into every room, anywhere, it doesn't matter where we were at. We'd walk into a building and he was assessing all the exits. He was assessing all, all the options available. If things went south, I literally went to church with him on Christmas Eve service. Nice candlelight service. We're there, whole family. It's fun. It's awesome. And he literally, my mom, she's five foot nothing. She reaches over. She gives him a hug. He's six foot three, built like a brick house, right? She gives him a hug and she, she feels a gun at his waist belt. And she's like, oh! Did James bring a gun to church? Did he bring a gun to church? Oh my goodness. Ah! She's freaking out. And he looks down at her, super cool as he was. And he goes, mama, crazy people enter churches all day long. You need to know what type of people you're dealing with. Great people are here. There are good people just like you, mama. But then there might be a crazy one. And I need to protect and understand what our resources are. And I can't, I can't protect you if a gunman walks in and I don't have a weapon to fight. So you need to understand what your weapons are. You need to understand what your weapons are and you need to assess the situation. Now, I know that's a little bit graphic, okay? Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> bit triggering, but yes, I, little, I see the point. A little graphic, okay. But I, I did that on purpose. I did it on purpose because you make no mistake, you are in a battle for your life right now with what I'm about to give you. Make no mistake, you are in a battle for your life with the mission that you have been given. It was not given to you by accident. You, you think you just woke up one day and you went, oh, this is what I want to do. And I, I want to serve the world and help the world and make a difference in the world in this way. Really? You just think that just came out of the blue? Absolutely not. You are in a battlefield and there's a side, there's another side to this. And the other side is going to try to kill, steal, and destroy every dream, every idea, every thought, and every resource you have. So you got to understand what's on the battlefield. The first, the first thing you need to do is assess where you're at right now. What do I have? What are my resources? Who do I know? So these are 
These are gift, talents, and skills. These are resources. They could be financial resources. These are people that are resources in your life. What do they know that you need to know? Right. And so when you when you take that assessment, and let's let's just talk about really understanding the first steps to your plan, right? Of deploying those resources, because I'm going to get to the three places where you can position your money today, right, right now, to make money, to make your money your best employee, because that's all that it is. Money is a tool. It's not your God. It's not your thing. It's it's a tool. And the better you get at crafting that tool, there's a reason that a cardiologist that has 3,000 wins makes more than a brand new cardiologist out of med school. Yes, there's a reason for that. Why? Because they know how to use the tools better. (laughs) So we're gonna look at your tools first. Then we have to determine where do you want to be? What do I need? What's the next right step I need to take? Because you gotta have a grand big old picture, right? But you also have to take that write it down. And then we got to break it down from where that is to where you want to be. So for let's, let's just say your first financial goal is I need to accumulate $50,000. Well, you can't do that until you start with five bucks or 50 bucks or 500 bucks. And the first place I go is take it back from a tax. I'm going to go get it from the tax guy. I'm going to go get it from the IRS. I'm going to start using my resources of understanding what's out there to help me do that. So that's, that's first step of wealth build plug up the holes in your bucket, baby, plug up the holes, because every single year, you're filing a tax return. Yes, or yes, every single year, you're filing a tax return. Every year you file that tax return. You're giving away money that could have been used for your hopes, dreams and goals. You're giving away money that could have been multiplied into something that would make you money. So that's the first step, assess where you're at. The next one is to plug up your holes, baby, plug them up. And understand that there is an opportunity here for you to learn a little something different. That's why you got to get around the right people and get in the right rooms because they're going to have ideas and they're going to be, you're tuned in to me today, right? And as a money and business strategist, I'm speaking into you, which then speaks into your entire tribe of people that are working with you. Because I'm going to give you 10 ideas. If you're a client of mine, I'm going to give you 10 ideas or 20 or depending on where you're at, maybe two today, because that's the next right step for you to follow. And then you're going to take that next right step and you're going to teach it to somebody else. That's how we change the world. That's how we change. There was a, there was a movie about this years ago. This kid said, pay it forward. Did anybody see that movie? Pay it forward. Yeah. So the, the pay it forward promise to you is this, that it's not for you. I'm teaching you, but I'm teaching the hundred people that you can teach. And the hundred people they can teach, that becomes thousands and thousands, right? It's impact. Okay, so where do we position that money? Let's get that money working for you. We need to multiply it. And so I tell my money where to go and what to do. Now, there's a thought process. I think into this. I look at what's the end result that I want to, is this a match or not a match? What kind of ROI return on that investment will I have? So there are three places that you can invest your money today. You can invest it in you, your own business. You can invest in other people's businesses, aka the stock market, which by the way is on sale 30% right now. So if Costco was on 30% right now, if Costco went on sale for 30%, we would be lined up across. We'd be lined up through the parking lot to go get our stuff, would we not? It's 30% off sale. Are you kidding me? I can buy stocks that I know people are not going to stop using their cell phone. People are not going to stop having heart attacks and going to the hospital. People are still going to use their medications. People are still going to buy toothpaste and toilet paper. Yes. 
good economy or bad economy? Are people still buying toothpaste and toilet paper? Yes or yes? Yes. So we got to invest in the things that we know. And we say, well, let's double down. There, where, where do I invest those dollars today? Well, we look at things like defensive stocks. That's where you need to be right now. If you're looking at your Bitcoin and your cryptocurrency and it's in the toilet right now, which it is, right? You don't know. What do you actually own with that? Now, could it come back? Yeah. Will it come back? I don't know. But I do know that people are still buying toothpaste and toilet paper. I do know that you're not going to stop using your cell phone today or your iPad or your internet because we are absolutely addicted to it. So what are, we, what are we investing in? So that's number two. So invest in yourself as number one or your business. Number two, invest in other people's businesses, aka the stock market. Number three is invest in real estate. Food, shelter, clothing, transportation. Those four things, food, clothing, shelter, transportation. I own an organic farm in Costa Rica. So I, I have several things that I'm real interested in sowing good seeds in the world. So I'm in the blue zone in Costa Rica and only one of blue zones left in the world. It's in the Guanacaste region. And we have an organic farm there and we have a coffee farm. We've got a, a citrus orchard. We've got just amazing, amazing things there. And we're feeding the world. Now, during COVID, when the whole world is shutting down, we are gearing up and people are like, have you lost your mind? Like, what are you doing? You're funneling hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars into infrastructure. And I said, yeah, this is a perfect time. People need jobs. I need trees planted. I need, I, I need farms built. They need money. They need food. We need shelter. We have all these resources here. We can use them now. This is a great time because people that would have left and gone to town to work could not work. But where could they work? They could work on that side of that mountain planting 600 trees. Rock on. What do we do? Now we have, you know, two years later, we've got an entire citrus orchard and Blue Mountain Farms is now producing and bringing all across the, the nation of Costa Rica with a refrigerated truck, farm to table produce every single day, organically grown. So the dream was, let's feed people, food, clothing, shelter, right? We need these things. So when you're investing today, ask yourself, where am I putting my money? Because people are going to use those things. So the, the third place that you can invest is real estate. People need a place to live. And, and that's, that's everywhere. People need a place to live. <laughs> so, so, so where's the money going? And now when you're talking to your financial people, because I, I'm in the financial world for 30 years, right? I manage like a billion dollars. My team, we have clients in almost all 50 states in the United States today. And as part of my guidance in that, I don't, I don't do a lot of one-to-one -one individual financial planning with any, anybody anymore. Unless you're a person of impact, I don't, I don't do that. Unless you're in a person, a person that's going to, I know is going to take that knowledge and flow it out through you to the world that I'm like, ah, it's a process. But when you're talking to your financial people, you need to start asking better questions. This is what I, I teach every single week when I teach on my podcast is you must ask these types of questions. How do you get paid? What's my expected return on my money? Where is it at? Where's the money at? Why am I doing this? 
who do I know that's getting the results when they're working with this person? It, we're we're part of a, a similar group. I spoke at a, this is where we met, right? We met in Denver and Mike Kim, who's a dear friend of mine, he he stood on stage and he was like, hey, <laughs> you, you got to listen to her because this is my results, right? And three years later, I believe that you right now, if you're listening to this and you have a business or you have a nonprofit, you have a way in front of you to produce income, you're only five years away from freedom. You are all, you are one decision away from an entirely different life and five years away from freedom. And you're like, yeah, right, lady. Right, yeah, right. Okay. Well, I can show you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people I've done this with, but you got to get real serious real quick. And you got to know what your resources are. You got to know how and where to deploy them. And you got to know who can help you. And when you're doing that, it's all about asking the right questions through that process. But most people, most people, this is what happens. We go to school and it drives me nuts. Okay. I'm going to go on a tangent here for one second. Okay. You go to school. They, they go, <laughs> they go, Hey, get a good job, work for a good company, get a good pension, retire and die. What? Who sold you on that plan? Oh my goodness. What? Wait, what? Just pay off your mortgage as quick as you can. And I'm like, right? Someone sold you on the wrong plan. And this is how the poor get poorer and the rich get richer. Because it is it is where mindset and money and action plans meet. That is your sweet spot. And you got to have a plan and you, and you don't get there alone. I did not, no one drinks from, from, no one gets to this place by drinking from their own well. We all drink from someone else's well. And that well is knowledge and it's influence and it's impact and it's passion and purpose and all of those things. So, okay, I, I went off on a tangent there. So I, I just really want to underscore this point, particularly for the women listening. And I know, Marissa, this is one of your passion projects, too, which is women, we really need to take control of our money. I think so often we default to maybe our partners or we think scrolling away money in our 401k will take care of us. Mm -hmm. Statistically speaking, going to live a lot longer, right? Yeah. So we need yeah. our money to work harder for us. And, I, and we all want to be financially free. Define what financially free means to you, Marissa. Yeah. So when I say financially free, there are different levels of freedom for different people. Okay. For me, my first level of financial freedom for me was to be able to be able to take care of the people I love and not be afraid that I was one paycheck or one missed quarter away from losing my house, not being able to pay my bills. Financially free for me today means something completely different because my my mindset and my my abundance mindset has grown. So once I was able to meet all of my needs, I had a resource over here, my business, my investments today that were producing income whether I went to work or not. What is producing income in your life for you? Cash flow. Because we all need it to live. Food, clothing, shelter, transportation. We need those four things. What's producing the cash flow and how much of that do you need to maintain your current lifestyle, to maintain currently where you're at? Now, my goal number is completely different. I went from, if I could just make this in a year, now, I'm, now I went to, man, if I could make that what I made in a year, in a month, and I did that, crushed it, right? And then my new goal is, if I could make that in a day, 
how many more people could I impact? And it's all tied to a people number. It's all tied to who can I help? What, what impact can I have to truly actually change the world and change the world of the people I love around me? Because that's great if you want to go out and save the world. That's wonderful. But if we forget all the people that count on you at home as well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set you free. I'm going to set you free from the nonprofit moment here. Okay, are you ready? Now, I'm never going to get invited back after this statement. So <laughs> take note. <laughs> and, and it might get edited. We'll see. Someone is selling you something about having to give all of you away to this mission. Does, does your dream have all of you? Yes. Yes, my dream has all of me. But I made a commitment to my family. I made a commitment to never leave my partner in, in a bad place. If I, Jesus or the other guy early, right? I made a commitment to make sure that when I had kids, my kids don't need to live with a silver spoon in their life, right? I, you, that, you get that old reference, right, of, of rich trust, trust fund babies. I'm not creating trust fund babies in my world, but I am, but I am creating a way for them to understand and learn about money because it's the greatest tool that they've in. I'm a person of faith and, and in my faith, they talk about money in this, in, in, in the scripture more than anything else. It's the number one thing that they talk about. Why is that? Because I believe he knew that we would have to deal with it. Now, whatever your faith is, wherever your background is, this is every culture, by the way, our resources come from somewhere. Every culture has it. Our resources come from somewhere. And so I have to be a good steward of my relationships. First of all, I have to be a good steward of my my emotional health first. Because if my daughter sees me look in the mirror, I've got two daughters, and I go, man, you look fat today. Oh, girl, you need a little something off the chin. Oh, look at that cellulite, right? (laughs) What does that tell her about her body image? That ain't a rich life. That's a scarcity mindset of who I can become and my health and how beautiful I am and what God put in and placed in through and to me, right? This is all areas of your life, emotional, relational, spiritual, physical, financial, and they are all connected. And if you drill down in those areas, we are all a work in progress. So the more, and I said it before, but the more that flows to you can throw, can flow through you to the things that you love, but you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility every day when I look at the people I love to not leave them hopeless and helpless. And so if I haven't done my homework as, as a mom, as a sister, as a daughter, as a lover, as a best friend to make sure that I can be by that bedside, if something happens, cause life happens, we all, we all go through something. Everybody's got a story. Anybody who's listening to this, we all have a story. Anybody come here from like perfect down and flowers all the day where you got to tiptoe through the daisy and you never step in some manure? No one, no one I know, no one I know, especially no one I know of influence. Because if you are a person of influence and you're listening to this, I guarantee you got a story. I guarantee you got something that made you passionate about where you're at right now. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right, Marissa, we, this has been so awesome. We are out of time. If folks want oh. to learn more about you, if they want to work with you and, and all those folks listening, you need to be looking at your money and figuring out how you can 10X for your family, for the causes you love, for your kids. I personally believe you get money in 
wealth in the hands of women and we'll live in a better world. That's a whole other oh, yes. topic for another day. Where can people find out more about you, work with you, get more of, of what you're selling right now? Yeah. So I, I, got a, I have a ton of resources available to you on my website. If you go to marissanielsen.com, if you go to my Live Life Rich podcast, I podcast every week. I talk about money. I talk about all the ideas that we've been talking about here. And I believe, especially as a female today in the world, I am right there with you that if we actually deployed the resources that were put into our hands properly, the impact that we could have in the world to end poverty. It is my mission. And then you're going to go, wow, that's crazy. It is my mission to end poverty. And I'm not just talking about poverty financially, emotional, relational, spiritual, physical, financial. It is my mission to end it. I will work every day till the day I'm taken home to end poverty every day. I'm going to get up. And when my feet hit the floor, I want the enemy of my soul to go, oh crap, she's up. We're screwed. Right. <laughs> that's what I want. That's I'm just being real with you. I so I hopefully it's not too offensive for your audience. That's like that I mean, come on, girl. No, listen, girl. <laughs> we, we keep it real here on Nonprofit Lowdown. All right, Marissa, thank you Love so much. It. I will make sure that all of your info is in the show notes. And like, go live life rich, people. Yes, live life rich. The world needs you rich. Go do it. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. <laughs> 